the most internal battle that you're dealing with yourself is typically the most common objection that you will hear inside of your business. Welcome to the Dream Out Loud family, where young entrepreneurs come to learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan T. Nelson, a former carpenter who created financial freedom by the age of 23 and have since spent my time traveling around the world living my dream life, inspiring, educating, and teaching other young people how they can do the same. Each and every week, I'll bring you the most epic guests who are going to share their stories, wisdom, tips, and tricks on how they've been able to create a life by design. Here at Dream Out Loud, we're committed to helping inspire and educate you to be able to execute your full potential. Have you ever thought about living a life with more freedom, more certainty, more clarity and confidence? Have you ever thought about what it would be like for you to truly live a life by design, not by default? If so, then listen up. Guys, I've got something absolutely incredible coming up that you guys are want to be a part of. It's called the Life by Design Summit. How to create a life on purpose with passion and freedom without needing to have it all figured out yet, even if you don't know where to start or if you've tried everything before. Look, chances are if you listen to this podcast, whether this be the first time or the 100th time you've listened to this, you are a dream chaser. You are a go-getter. You have big ambition inside of you. You have this burning desire inside within that is just waiting to be unleashed and to go into something worth meaning, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't be here listening. I've literally created this summit specifically for you. It is a virtual event, so it doesn't matter which country you're in. You can get access and jump in live with me for three and a half hours, okay? In this summit, you're going to learn the secrets that I've learned, that I've developed over the years to build the life of freedom that I currently have now. You're going to learn how to find your purpose in life and actually get paid for doing something that you love. You're going to learn how to discover unlimited motivation, even on the days you feel lost, stuck, and you don't want to do anything. And you're also going to learn my four secret pillars to bridge the gap from where you are right now to the life you truly desire. Guys, there is no better time than right now to attend this upcoming summit. It's going to blow your freaking mind. To top it off, this is not some free, shitty masterclass, free webinar, where I'm just going to bore you to death, give you 10% value, and then just fluff you around, waste your time, and then sell to you. This is three and a half hours of pure gold, pure value, specifically for you, so you can get to the next level in your life. Tickets are $47. That's it. And there's not even a sell on the call. So what are you waiting for? Hit the link in the description below of this episode. Get your ticket and I'm going to see you live on the virtual event coming up next. Guys, I cannot wait to see you on the Life by Design Summit. Okay, today's guest is a lawyer turned multiple six-figure network marketer, professional speaker, investor, educator, and author. After running a successful property marketing and sales business with his dad, he found network marketing where he could tap into his true potential, and also help so many others create the freedom that he was creating for himself as well. Him and his wife, Alicia, are the founders of The Side Hustle Secret, where they're helping hundreds of people learn the secrets to building a side hustle and creating true wealth. 
He's recently completed his first 100-kilometer ultra marathon and has spoken on stages to thousands of people all across the world, plus having built a million-dollar share portfolio from scratch at just 37 years old. So please help me welcome the guy who went from washing cars at for $5 when he was 11 years old to now the author of his first book, Money Grows on Trees, Mr. Lloyd J. Ross. When I was like, after cleaning cars, I ended up like, chopping down trees, doing gardens. I used to clean this guy's pool when I was in my late teens, uh, sort of end of school, sort of start of, after I left. And I was making like 100 bucks cash a day. And um, long story short, I made his pool turn green too many times. He sacked me and then I just kept washing his car on the left. But went overseas after that. But what I learned was I was like, how do I, how do I make this money without working? I just knew there was a way because I did read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, when I was like, 18 or 17, maybe even younger, and Richest Man in Babylon. I was like, okay, I need to learn money. I need to learn how this, how to create more income, right? So that's what I read, and I figured out in those books it's possible. So I was like, okay, how do I do this? Now, they don't teach it in school. You don't even learn it at university. I can vouch for that, you right? You, just, you don't learn anything entrepreneurial or money-based at uni. So I finished uni and... I did three degrees and I finished uni completely when I was 24. And what happened was I was like, I started saving money, right? I was like, okay, I'm going to save money. And all I knew back then was like property, 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 property. Wow, my dad was in property. Everyone in Australia seemed to be property crazy. And what I realized was like, okay, I got like 20 grand or something like that. I think I had about 10, 10, 20,000 bucks I'd saved up. And I was like, Oh, I can go and buy, I don't know. Like, I had to go and get like $300,000 worth of debt to buy this property. And I don't know. I just wanted to get some cash flow back. I didn't want to go and just reuse all the cash flow and paying the bank back. So I'm like, there's got to be another way, right? And I remember Robert Kiyosaki talking about dividends, these things called dividends. I was like, what the frick? Dividends, dividends, dividends. So I learned, I was like, I need to learn about shares. So I don't know where I... At that point, all I knew about shares was there's charts and it goes up and down. And all I learned was when I was younger, it's really risky and you lose all your money. I was like, wow, charts and maths. I was like, this is going to be confusing. So here's how it started for me, man. Ready? I read The Wolf of Wall Street. Worst financial education ever when you read that book. (laughs) But what I love about what Jordan Belfort did was he kind of showed us the magic of the share market, even though he completely did it wrong. But that book, I was like, holy I, that's amazing. What a life that he lived, right? Not the best, but it is like adventurous. So I was like, wow, that got me enticed. And then I remember after I had this money, I'm like, okay, now I need to kind of learn a little bit more about this. And I, I was going through the airport one day and I looked left at the bookstore. I used to go and hang out at the bookstore in airports, you know, trying to find a book to read. That's one thing you got to do is read. And I saw Warren Buffett, the, the snowball. And I knew this guy was like the big investor, the king. So I was like, wow, his biography, that must be amazing. I'd love to learn about how he actually made money in stocks. So I grabbed this book and I read it like in two days, smashed it. I was just like, what? And in that book, you learn about the essence of investing, like how to buy stocks that are undervalued. So basically buying pieces of companies for less than what they're worth, like buying dollar bills, 50 cents. And in my mind, my entrepreneurial mind, I'm like, buying a dollar bill for 50 cents, that makes absolute sense to me. It's like when you had those little things and you went and bought mm-hmm. it for 50 cents, sold them for same stuff. 
right? So that's how you actually invest in stocks. And I learned it in that book. And then when I'm reading that book, I found out that at age 11, incidentally, Warren Buffett bought his first stock. He used to sell mm-hmm. Cokes and stuff. To, he was entrepreneurial, right? And so I'm like, this guy's awesome. And so then at 19, he reads this book called The Intelligent Investor. And I was like, boom, that's the gold. So I left that book, finished it, and went and bought this book, The Intelligent Investor, and I just read it front to back, which started this journey into stocks. I read all of his letters to shareholders. I just became a Warren Buffett fiend. I just like delve into it for like 10 years. And that's how I learned. And I started like, I remember the first stock that I bought. Here's my, it was my objective. I didn't want to work in a freaking job anymore. I hated it. I didn't want to work. I hate working <laughs> on stuff that I don't like, obviously. And so I'm like, how, where is my strategy here? I can't work in this job forever. So where's my backup? Where's my plan B? This is before network marketing. I knew it even existed, right? So I buy my first stock. I think I invested three and a half grand into Westpac Bank because it was paying a six and a half percent dividend. It's huge. Anyway, so I invested and all of a sudden I get this, in those days they send checks into the, in the mail. So I'm like, man, I remember getting out my check, opening this envelope and it's a check from Westpac Bank and it's a hundred bucks. And I'm just like, oh, if I could do this again and again and again, this could be a thousand. And that's when I realized that money grows on trees. You just got to learn how to actually plant the right seed, water it and wait for the money to come into your, into your mailbox, man. It was, that's how I got it started. Today's guest is a high-performance specialist and business strategist who specializes in coaching coaches, business owners, and entrepreneurs in creating six- and seven-figure businesses. After running multiple businesses herself and then getting a taste of what it was like to help someone else with theirs, she put all her effort and passion into helping other people level up in their own business. She's now helped thousands of other people from all across the globe to unlock their potential and create the life and income they desire through her vast life experience and her ability to conquer and create change. So please help me welcome the one and only Miss Krista Thier. When I was really young, there was a huge level of naivety. And my ex-husband, you know, he's an amazing person and an amazing father. And we actually have a really great relationship. But he was involved in a whole world that really wasn't familiar to me. And I think I chose to, like a criminal world. Um, And I chose to really uh, turn a blind eye to a lot of the stuff that was going on or condone it in some way. And it was simply from a place of, I think maybe him being five years older than me, there was almost like this admiration and this safety that I felt. Um, And I never really had the opportunity because I was so young when we met, I never had the opportunity to find myself, find my beliefs Um, understand what was wrong and right for me, I kind of was at this very moldable stage where I just fell into this life as opposed to chose it. And here's the thing though, I believe that we're always choosing, whether we're settling and we're falling into something or we're changing and we're making the hard decisions, we're still choosing it. And what I chose was to settle and stay safe. And my version of safe probably wasn't safe. Um, So He was involved in a family business and he really wanted to get out. So I used my profits from my hair salon to set him up in a health cafe. And we went on to set up three. I I set up, um, I I had the two and set up another one on my own. Um, But he ended up 
you know, facing a whole lot of criminal charges. And um, it was the greatest gift. You know, it gave me an experience that I never would have um, experienced otherwise. Um, we ended up having to go through court for three to four years um, and fight these charges. And we ended up spending $300,000 to try to keep him out of prison. Um, and we pretty much used everything that we had worked for in order to do so. And by no means is this a sob story. You know, this is what has driven me and made me the person that I am. Um, but he ended up spending two years in prison. So I had three businesses and um, raised a child on my own and worked 14 hour days. And throughout that process, experienced anxiety and depression and a severe eating disorder and panic attacks and um, adrenal burnout and you name it, I went there. Um, so, you know, through that process, I was working the 14 hour days, you know, going up to a prison every weekend with, with my very young child. Um, and then, you know, straight back into it as soon as I returned. And it was just this whole part of my life that is kind of a blur. You know, it was just, I, I always believe that sometimes we don't actually have the strength to deal with the situation until we're dealt with it. Um, and that's a prime example of it. If someone told me, you know, five years prior that this is what I would have to go through in order to grow into who I am, I would have been like, you're crazy, man. I'm not doing that. Like I would not be able to deal with any of those circumstances. But when we don't have an option, we just got to do the thing and we've just got to build a level of resilience and strength and move through to the other side. And, um, our relationship, you know, it really dwindled away um, while he was away because I believe that people make mistakes and, you know, the first time you make a mistake, um, it's absolutely and irrelevant of how many mistakes you make. It's always forgivable, but you do have the choice of whether to go back there. Mm. Um, and for me, I feel like when someone chooses not to change um, and to go back and do the same thing, it would be a level of stupidity for me to put myself and my child, you know, back into that situation because, once again, you have choice. And so um, our relationship, we separated and um, I sold the three businesses. So we had two when he went away and I opened another one when he was away. So I'd owned and operated four brick and mortar businesses and I reached this point of absolute rock bottom. And um, I recall this moment that I speak about very often because it was, it was literally the turning point in my life where I had grown so exponentially while he was away um, and I had become, you know, fiercely independent and I was a totally different person because I had to grow up really fast. And, you know, when we separated, I was now a single mum and our relationship did get abusive towards the end when, when he was released. And I was a single mum and I walked away from the marriage with zero dollars to my name and I was literally starting from scratch. And I was on government benefits and I was literally struggling to put food on the table. And I reached this point where I was physically, literally in fetal position on the floor. And I was curled up in a ball and my mum was there and I said, I just don't know how I can keep going. Like, what more do I have to take? Like, this is exhausting emotionally, physically, mentally. I can't keep going another day. And she looked at me and she said, get up. And inside I was like, I was crying and I was a mess, but I was like, hang on, like, give me a break, man. I just want to be in victim mentality for a second. Like I want to be at the effect of my life. I don't want to take responsibility right now. And she said, get up, Krista. 
God only gives his hardest battles to his strongest soldiers. And from the moment that you were born, I knew that you would be something great. And this journey that you have experienced is allowing you to step into your greatness and build a level of resilience that you would never have built otherwise. So get up. And from that moment forward, it was in that moment that I went, right, if I've created my life up until this point, through my settling, through my staying comfortable, through the familiarity, through what I perceived as safety, which really wasn't safety, how can I recreate it moving forward? And what is it that I truly want to be in this lifetime? And what I reflected on because, you know, I was at the stage where I was so identified by being a business owner. I was so identified by being, you know, the, the person that owned these cafes or the person that owned the salon or the person that was always successful and had heaps of money. And I was like, yeah, but it's so much more than that because I've had all of that and it didn't make me happy. So yes, I'm going to go out there and build another business and I can do that standing on my head. I've done it four times over. But what is it that truly lights me up? So I reflected on everything that was really at the essence of what I'd created in the past, you know, from the hair salon to the cafes. And I understood that what was at the essence was my deep desire to help people. And, you know, whether it was helping people in an aesthetic way, whether it was, you know, everyone knows that hairdressers are a counsellor without a degree, um, whether it was just making someone feel better by creating a safe space for them to speak to someone. Even in the cafes, you know, they were health cafes, so I specialised in, you know, paleo food. And it was really just, you know, giving people the, the nourishing foods to, to fill their vessel, um, to be that smiling face every morning when they come in and get the coffee, to, you know, brighten their day in some way. And being in the middle of Brisbane City as well, it was very, like, fast-paced. And, you know, for me, I just wanted to be that shining light in the middle of this dark city so that people could just start their day in a different way. And so I was like, right, okay, so if it's about helping people, what do I want to help people with? So I went and I started studying nutrition um, and I did my NLP masters and I delved into somatic release work and I delved into breath work and I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to fill my mind with as much knowledge and wisdom as I possibly can to figure out like how I can help people in the best way. So when I stepped into the coaching space, I knew that I was always going to head in the direction of being a really unconventional business coach, but I knew that from a integrity standpoint, you know, authenticity, transparency, integrity, excellence, these are some of my highest values. And I didn't feel completely in integrity stepping into the online space, being this business coach when I hadn't created success in the online space. Yes, I'd have four brick and mortar businesses, but I felt like I had to do it again in order to be really in integrity with that. So I stepped in and I was really in the nutritional and mindset space and I created huge success there. Um, and then I shifted, I pivoted into, into business coaching. And, you know, I believe that success in business is so much more than just, you know, creating the scale and creating the income. Yes, I can do that easily, but it's about the quality of your relationships, the quality of your life, the way that you nourish yourself, your mental clarity, your energy, like success is an all encompassing approach to your life. And that's what I do now. And, you know, I've got clients all around the world in all different businesses and, I get to do that every single day. Today's guest has been labeled the world's number one sales trainer of 2021 and is the founder of the world-class sales agency. He's spoken on stages of over 250 stages all around the world with a sole mission to help millions of leaders, entrepreneurs, and salespeople to overcome their limiting beliefs and scale a business beyond their limits. 
His passion of his work is limitless and his dedication to positively impacting the world by empowering every individual is uncompromising. So please help me welcome the guy who went from doing door-to-door sales, selling lawn mowing services at the age of 13 to now absolutely crushing the game in the sales industry all around the world, blowing up on social media, left, right, and center, and having a massive impact on so many people. My friend all the way from Toronto, Mr. Daniel G. Yeah, you're never going to outperform the person that you think you are in your own head. So like, you know, if if somebody comes in and when you just said a self-worth thing, I like that you just touched on that. If somebody comes into a sales job and, you know, you don't feel deep down inside, like say your product is $1,000 and you don't feel like you're worth a $1,000 sale or your company has a product that is worth a thousand bucks. If you haven't sold yourself on that, then it's going to be super hard. Like if you haven't sold yourself on the benefit, the value and the pain that your uh, product solves or that your opportunity of business solves, and you really haven't sold yourself on, you're never going to outperform the person that you think you are, or that your company thinks that you won't. Even if you get remotely close, if you haven't sold yourself on it, it's going to kick you back down. It's almost like usually in sales, when you get these things of, you know, oh, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have things. uh, You know, is this a scam? I don't really do things like this. Usually that stems because you said self-worth. So I'm going to go off in this for a second. Usually the most common objection that you're getting inside of sales stems from a limiting and internal belief that you have inside of yourself. So if you're getting a lot of individuals that say, I don't have the money, or I I, I don't think things like this, still deep down inside, you have a money issue inside of your own head. You still don't believe that still deep down inside. Maybe you don't believe that the product works out. So the most internal battle that you're dealing with yourself is typically the most common objection that you will hear inside of your business, because then it's a thought process. That thought creates a certain energy. That energy creates a certain action inside of the sales conversation. So it's like the moment you have a thought of, you don't know if you want to do the company network marketing doesn't work out sales. The the moment you even remotely think of the thought that thought creates a certain energy in the conversation that energy sparks the end result of a prospect saying i don't think things work out like this i don't know if things work i don't really do things like this and you're like well people don't do things no 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 you still don't feel like it works out you haven't dealt with that demon inside and that demon is creating a thought that thought creates the energy that creates a certain frequency in the conversation with boom elicits an objection so typically it's like the external things that you're dealing with in life you will never be able to control. You can't handle the things that are external life. You can always handle things that are internal. You can always handle the things like you can't handle the external things. You know this, but I can handle the way it's processed. And before I handle the way it's processed, what is my thought process, right? Most people go into any conversation with an apologetic mindset. You go into a conversation with an empowering belief. Most people go in with a disempowering belief. So most people that come into sales feel like they're an interruption to people's day. You went into your belief with it's like, hey, I'm a gift and a blessing. So it's like, like your affirmation is so important inside of your head. It's like majority of people that don't succeed inside of sales right away prior to a conversation say, yeah, but I don't know if I want to annoy this person. I don't know if I'm going to be an interruption to this person. The person that typically does well is like, hey, no matter what, the moment I walk inside of a room, two things are about to happen. I'm either going to increase their income or increase their value inside of life. Because that's the affirmation that you have inside of the business. Which again, that perception projects that certain energy. When, well, when people hold on to, hey, this is what's going to happen in the end of the room, blah, 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 that thought process creates a certain energy. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then the person's like, I knew it was going to be like that. Because they're like, I knew they wouldn't want my time. Again, because you thought about it first 
which confirmed the bias that you thought about in the beginning stages. You're like, well, you know, these people, these people probably don't need me. And then it so ends up that they people don't need you. They needed you in the beginning, but because you had the thought process, the thought process emitted a certain frequency. And now they ended up not needing you because they don't want to work with people that have low energy, that aren't confident, that don't have those empowering beliefs. Thank you so much for listening. And if you got value from this episode, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 20 seconds of your time, leave me a five-star rating and written review, then screenshot this episode and share it to your story. And make sure you tag me for that shout out. And until next time, guys, go out there and dream out loud.